At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Assembly Required, Building a Case for Church, where we'll see what the Psalms teach us about a life of faith lived in community. All across Woodside this morning, the 14 different campuses, uh, we're turning to the book of Psalms. We've been doing that through the summer. As we find in that book of the Bible, ancient poems, many of them intended to be many of them intended to be sung or read together as people gather, even those that look like very personal expressions and, and hard expressions, the intent was that they would be shared together as families meet or as the community gathers together in their tribes or even on those special holidays. And so we turn to them as a church family because we believe God has something special for us in them. We've looked at Psalm 1, and we learned that God's desire for us is to assemble together so that the Word of God can be taught to us. That that's the way of prosperity, is following the Word of God. We looked at Psalm 51 and learned that God's desire is for us to gather together to confess our sin and to celebrate our cleansing from sin. Because we're a people because of our faith in Christ, that we know that we're broken, but the reality is our brokenness has already been healed. It hasn't been fully revealed yet, but our, the declaration of God over our life because of our faith in Jesus is that we have been cleansed from our sins. So we gather to celebrate that. So we don't have to wallow in pity or shame that we can embrace that cleansing. We, we, last week we looked at Psalm 145 and that we gather together to praise God continually, that his glory, his, his greatness is so extraordinary that we can't stop, that every day of our life should be a day of worship and praise of him. So that's why we gather. And today we're going to look at Psalm 40. I don't know if you have your, brought your Bibles, you can look at that, but I hope that you'll turn to this Psalm later on in your, in your week because there's such powerful words in it that helps us understand that we, another reason we gather together is to testify of God's deliverance. So the, uh, the wind is going to blow my Bible to various pages. I'm going to try to read from Psalm 40, but I might end up reading from the book of Revelation if the wind blows my pages the way I expect them to. So we'll see. Psalm 40. Uh, verse 1 says this. Let me, let me read this as it begins. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction and out of the miry bog. He set my feet upon a rock, secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and put their trust in the Lord. review how that begins. Let me read again that first line of this song. I waited patiently for the Lord. The original language, the Hebrew expression de describes not just I tapped my foot a couple of times as I waited, but I waited patiently. I waited. In fact, one of the English translations renders it like this. I waited and waited 
and waited for the Lord. The psalmist is helping us understand his situations a lot like ours. That sometimes you just wait a long time for God. We were um, at, at the office here a few months ago, and one of the support staff from Woodside uh, was going to some things we had to take care of at the office, and they were on their way. First time they were coming to the Algonac campus. And he calls me and says, I think I'm in town, but something's wrong. My GPS must not be working because it says I still have 20 minutes. He says, where's your office? I said, well, where are you? And he says, well, I'm at the corner. Let's see, this is, it's green in Washington. I don't remember those streets. What's, what's at the corner? There's a Walgreens. Yeah, we got a, oh, dude, you're in New Baltimore. Yeah, you, you still got 20 minutes. You're not, you're not here yet. He said, I've been driving forever. I said, yeah, you're coming to Algonac. That's what you do. And some of you and some of us have been in that situation where it's like, okay, Lord, I've been waiting forever. You gotta, you, you gotta show up. You gotta come through for me. I feel like I've been waiting forever. But many of you have been on those long waiting journeys where it wasn't a paved road like M29. That it was, as the psalmist described, as a pit of destruction and a miry bog or a slimy, stagnant swamp. That's what you feel like you've been in. Some of you are in that now. John Paul, it's good to have you here, brother. I can't believe you made it today. He's been through a pit of destruction recently, but God's going to bring him through that. I got a text from Margie today. She's badly to be there today. I just can't do it. And if you know her story, you know what 2020 has been for her, where she has gone through one disaster after another, after another, after another. She said earlier this week, she says, I am so tired. She's capturing a bit of what the psalmist was saying. I waited and I waited for the Lord. I was in a pit of destruction. I was in a slimy, stagnant bog where it looks like no water is moving. But then he says, he inclined to me. As I waited and waited, he inclined to me. He heard me and he set my feet on a rock and made my steps secure. In other words, he, he brought me out of this. And the, the concept of a rock in the midst of the, of the waters is common in, uh, in the Psalms. For instance, in Psalm 18, it says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. Psalm 62 says, the Lord alone is my rock. Psalm 92, he says, the Lord is upright. He is my righteousness in him. He is the one stability that I have in my life that I can always trust. And David, the author of this says, that's what I found in God. When he heard me, he brought me out of that and he put my feet solid on a rock. And I love how, how then that section ends. He says, and he put a new song in my mouth, the song of praise to, a God, to our God. He didn't say, man, he brought me back to where I was before the trial. He doesn't, he doesn't say he re simply restored me to where I was. He says, now I've got a new song. I didn't have this song before. Before I faced this miry 
bog and this pit of destruction. I didn't have this song. Now I've got a new song. Now I've got another way to praise God that I didn't have before because I found his consistency as my rock in time of trouble. And then he says, many will see it and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So here's the thing I don't want you to miss today. This is the big idea for the, from our time this morning. The reason we gather here is because some of you have come through the pit. You've come through the bog. And you need to tell us. Because some other people that are here are in the pit and they're in the bog. And they need to hear from you. No, he'll, make you, he'll, he'll bring you through because he brought me through. He'll, he'll solve these dilemmas because he solved mine. And so I'm on this side of the problem. You're still on that side of the problem. But let me, let me give you some of my confidence because I was there before and God was faithful. That's one of the reasons why we gather. Now, we don't always have time where we pass the mic around and everybody shares their story. But we do have the chance to gather together in song and declare it. We do have the time to gather. Afterwards, in fact, we're going to have a meal today. One of the reasons is so we can just slow down and tell people stories. And I hope that some of those stories today is stories of how God delivered you and how God brought you through it. Because let me tell you, some of us need it. Some of us need to see other people. Even You don't even need to hear your story, but to see, maybe knowing a bit of your story, see the confidence that we can put into it because God brought you through it. We assemble together to declare that God delivers, that he does. The psalmist continues his, his poem, and he says this in verse 5. He says, you have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you, so I will proclaim and tell of them, even though they are more than can be told. He says, the psalmist is in effect saying, one of the reasons why we gather is to testify that God multiplies his deliverance. It's not that God solves that one problem that we noticed straight in front of us, but once we get outside, once God brings us through the trial, we can look back and say, oh, dude, there's like 20 ways where God showed himself faithful to me. I was asking for one, and he did 20. But that's God's math. He multiplies our deliverance. Some of you know what that looks like. You know, once you've gotten through the, the burden and the, the challenge that you are going through, you know how incredible it was when, when on the other side you could see, oh, check this out. This person didn't even know I was going through this, but they just happened to send me that card and send me that note that assured me that God is in it. Or you didn't know that this, maybe a financial something would come, but it came at just the right time. You didn't know that God speaks during this time. You've never heard his voice, but now you have an experience where you truly sensed his speaking to your heart. When David was able to look back on his crisis 
and conclude, not only did he provide for me, he multiplied his works and his thoughts towards me. I can, I can say that with such confidence because of this. Because God solved your greatest problem. Maybe if we took a poll today and said, let's make a list. Let's, let's, let's consider what are our biggest issues we're dealing with. What are our biggest problems? And maybe you'd throw out, well, the unemployment is still double digits. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe you're a business owner and you're still trying to make this, this succeed and make this survive. Um, maybe you've got kids that are, that are wayward and you're wor really worried about them. But then once we start pressing into what really are our biggest needs, we would realize that, you know what? Our biggest need is we're going to die. Every single one of us. So then what? We're going we're gonna to spend time with God or, or not? How do we know? We, we, know we've, we know we've disappointed God in some way or another. So what's, how, how, can I, how can that need be met? And the awesome thing is we can turn to God's word and, and see that in Romans 8.32, it says that God did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. That God solved our biggest issue, our problem by giving us his son. What an incredible reality to know that our sin problem has been solved. That, that we can have, we can know that we have a home in heaven. In fact, we can have such confidence in that. Paul, as he wrote uh, 2 Corinthians, he would, he would write that our present troubles that we're in don't hold a candle to the incredible realities that one day will be ours in heaven. We'll be able to look back on the troubles that we're in right now and say, that didn't really mean much because of how incredible this is now. That our eternal home is secured in Christ. I mean, that's incredible. Could God get more generous than that? Well, actually, he kind of did. I mean, nothing tops. That's the top of the, the, the list of God's provision and his deliverance for us. But the verse continues and says, He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In other words, if God solved your biggest problem that required his sending his one and only son to give his life on the cross for you, then your lesser problems, like maybe your physical ailments or maybe your relational struggles or whether your financial issues... I think he can handle that too. And if he's willing to give his own son, I think he's willing to care for those lesser needs in your life. Psalm 84, 11 says, The Lord our God is a son and a shield. He will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Or check this out. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 says, Christ's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That Jesus has given you all things that to live for him. All things. There's nothing outside of that list. Any true need that you have in your life to walk with God, he says, I will freely do all of that. You say, well, what does that even look like? Well, we could have you all tell us. Right? You could tell us of, of its guidance that just came out of nowhere. It enabled you to make that decision that you needed to make. 
Or maybe it's a confidence uh, that God gave to you in a time of difficulty and fear. And you stepped, trusting God, you stepped into that. And he fully equipped you for it. And you can look back and say, yep, God helped there too. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a resource that you're in need of. And, and God met it at just the right time. The psalmist, after he says this, God has multiplied his goodness to me. He says, so I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. That's God's desire. He meets our greatest problem, which is our sin problem, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he says, that's evidence that whatever need you have, I will meet that need according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. That's why we meet today. We meet today to say, hey, if you're going through difficult times, hang in there because God knows and he's powerful and he will care for you. If you're still in the pit or the miry bog, hang in there because some of us have gotten through that and we can assure you that God's strength is sufficient. And then the psalm ends like this. In verse, verse 15 says, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I'm poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer, so do not delay, oh my God. Now there's a couple of things that are kind of confusing in that. Because previously at the beginning of the poem, he says, God's delivered me. And now at the end of the poem, he says, God, I, I'm going to trust you. So it seems that David was brought through a trial and faced with the next one. And then he says, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that all those who are going through trials like I am, that we would be able to say, great is the Lord. Then in the midst of the trial, we'd be able to say, great is the Lord. Even though my needs are, are smack dab right in my face right now and I don't see how it's going to be solved, I can still say, great is the Lord. So let's take our people being baptized today, Craig and, and Liz and Danny. They're coming before you today, like this psalm says, to testify of God's goodness. That's why they're being baptized, to testify to you that God has been good. They believe that God has saved them from their sin and they're going to follow him. That's the testimony of today. We believe that's going to carry them. This testimony will affect the rest of their lives. But you know, those of you that walk many miles on this earth, you know they are going to face other trials. And they're going to need other stories to look to and to find strength in. So we're going to pray for them that their testimony today would be one level of foundation so that when God brings them into the next trials in their life, they would be able to stand strong on that. Wait, God's, I, I, I confess my faith in Christ at that moment on Harson's Island. And now as I face this, I know that God will deliver me. That's who he is. That's what he does. And that's going to be your testimony. Some of you are here maybe, maybe wondering, is this thing legit? Is this faith in Jesus, is this legit? Maybe it's their testimony today that would be one more argument for you to consider, okay, I think I'm ready to follow Jesus. I don't know what, I don't know what God has in store for Craig and Danny and Liz. If they, if, if they walk the earth very long, like, like some of us have, we know that there's going to be incredible joys in the midst of it. 
and there will be some miry bogs and pits of destruction. Can I just ask you, keep singing, keep declaring, because they're going to need a church family that continues to gather around them to say, God is good. He is great. He's the deliverer. And nothing can stand up against him. That the, that the gift of salvation is evidence that God will take care of our smaller needs also. Let's pray together. Father, you have given us so many reasons to praise you. You've given us songs to express it. And I thank you, Lord, that, that we, we can turn to the Psalms and see ancient poems that can compel our hearts to give you praise. Father, I pray in our dark days that we would remember how you solved our greatest problem, which is evidence that you will solve our lesser ones too. I want to pray right now for those that are hurting today, for those that are in these moments of difficulty. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen them, that maybe today, Lord, they will just be able to look around and see other people that are walking with you, and that would give them just that level of encouragement to remain faithful. I pray that Craig and Liz and Danny, as they are baptized in just a moment, Lord, that they would remember the crowd that gathers around them. And they would remember, Lord, that they're not in this alone, that they have a church family that will be with them in times of trouble and in times of celebration. That together we would declare when the sky is bright and sunny and when the sky is dark and stormy, Lord, we would declare great is the Lord, for he is my deliverer. That we would declare it as if it's already happened because your word declares that it is and that it will. So I pray that would be our song together, Lord. We're your kids. You've saved us. You've redeemed us. And so we can walk with courage today. Thank you for our time and our church family this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today.